So, hi to everyone, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to the Squadcast again. This is uh, the second podcast from the Voice Squad, London Voice Agents. And whether you're a voice artist or you're in the industry, work in the industry in any way, or you're curious about the voiceover world, the Squadcast is here to give you a bit of an insight into the machinations, uh, mysterious workings of a voice agency. I'm David John. I'm an actor on the Voice Squad books and a dubbing director and the Equity Audio Counselor, so entrenched in the audio world. I'll be interviewing different people each week, actors, producers, directors, movers and shakers from the voice industry. Now, for this episode, we're really delighted to be with James Faulkner, who is a Voice Squad stalwart, has been on the books from the beginning, probably known more throughout the world as Randall Tarly in Game of Thrones, also Lord Cinderby in Downton Abbey, also appeared in Da Vinci's Demons, and Paul, Apostle of Christ. So lots of high-profile stuff. In terms of voice, uh, last Christmas you'd have heard his voice as Frith on the BBC production of Watership Down, and through the years at Voice Squad he's appeared in many commercials, and lots of games and all sorts of other work, which we'll be talking to him about. So, James, thank you very much for talking to us. David, it's my pleasure. Let's kind of start at the beginning. Acting. You, you've been acting for many, many years. Did you always want to be an actor as a young person? How did you get into acting in the first place? I was certainly not brought up to be an actor. And uh, with regard to many years, on June the 6th, which is about to, uh, to come up, I think I pass into my 50th year. I certainly didn't intend to be an actor. I was brought up to, uh, to run my father's business. My father uh, was a very interesting man who effectively had the largest glazing company in the UK during the 50s and certainly in London. And uh, you will appreciate that after the Second World War, great many windows needed to be replaced yeah, and they were, that was largely down to my father that's what was earmarked that was for the me. plan that so was what, the plan every happened? saturday morning i would uh, i would be taken to my father's works in the marshall sea road on the site of right. the old marshall sea prison the All debtors right. prison in, yeah. in, Dickin, in dickens's world so, and, proper uh, london the proper london and uh, spend the day with the workforce hanging out in, down there in South London. Oh. Unfortunately, my father died through, from coronary thrombosis. Uh, he was only 52 years of, wow. of age. And I remember going to a shareholders meeting when I was 17 years old at the De Vere Hotel in Kensington. And the man that my father had created, managing director, put his arm around my shoulder and he said, James, you will never work in your father's business, not even as a fucking tea boy and pushed me through the revolving door of the De Vere Hotel Kensington. I landed on the pavement and had to consider my future. <laughs> and that was acting? That was acting. Right. Well, uh, there is, there is another story, actually. Right. So, so what crystallised it for me was this. I went back to my boarding school, and uh, I was, had, was fully involved in the artistic life of my school. I never did any work at all. But I was in the choir and the choral society, and I did every house play and every school play. But my real delight at school, because we had a, a building, we had the television hut at our disposal. At my friend Roger Wilkes and I ran the puppet club. And we had our own puppet theatre with a, a full range of marionettes, and we would build our own puppets. I was very much, I would do all the voices and build the puppets there and this, are. that, and the other. Yeah. And I knew that my partner had in his locked desk a carton of 200 Kent cigarettes, and I needed to think about my future. <laughs> I needed to contemplate what on earth I was going to do in this life. And I gemmed the latch on his desk, 
and there indeed was the carton of 200 Kent cigarettes, which I lifted out, and underneath was a green booklet, a prospectus for the Central School of Speech and Drama. Wow. They have schools for actors. I had no idea. I'd always intended to go to America to finish my education because I wanted to go to the Harvard School of Business. I, I knew that management practices in the 60s were not good enough to grow uh, an international company. And uh, anyway, I opened the prospectus for the Central School Central. of Speech and Drama, and yeah. on page three there was a black and white photograph of girls in tights at the bar warming up for a movement lesson. <laughs> and I thought, well, sod Harvard. I'm going there. <laughs> And a year later, you I went, went there. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And so that was in... That would have been 1965, uh, 66. Mid-60s, Yes, right? yes, mid-late 60s. Now, I was very lucky because I had a, a boyhood chum, Jeremy Thomas, who uh, is our Pantheon film producer in this country and has won many, many Oscars. And his father, Rafe Thomas, lived down the road from me and Rafe took it upon himself to be in loco parentis and advised me on my career. And he said, well, you don't want to be an actor, James. I mean, really, you don't want to be an actor, but I see it close up. He said, well, I'll tell you what, if in six months' time you still want to be an actor, I will help you. You don't have a father to advise you. Mm. I, will, I will do it for oh, you. Great. So after six months, I went to see Rafe, and I said, well, look, Rafe, I still want to. And he directed all the, all the Doctor films and many other films aside. He made 50, 60 films as a, as, a, as a director. And his brother was Gerald Thomas, who was the director of the Carry On films. Right. So bizarrely, my first voiceover job, age 17, was to do the trailers for the Carry On films in the cinema. Yes, it's all wow. your old carry-on favourites in yet another oh, carry-on wow. comedy with Fantastic. Kenneth Williams as Randy Lau and all that. So yeah, I did yeah, all those yeah. sort of 60s voices. I was 17 years old when Amazing. I was doing cinema uh, 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 trailers. So Rafe sent me off to Hampstead to, uh, to, to be taught how to do an audition by Peter Barkworth who was a very successful actor. Who I worked with. I worked with people. Wonderful yeah, fantastic actor. But at the yeah. time, interestingly, he was head of technical acting at RADA. Right. So he was the man to talk to. Right. He was absolutely yeah. the man Didn't to talk to. Didn't he write a book as well? Peter? Yes, he but did. I think he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember he apparently he rang Rafe and he said, well, we'll get him in, but he'll only ever play restoration comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so the first the first because they were going to enter me for all for for all the auditions the round of auditions at yeah. all the drama schools he said well the first one up is for the central school of speech and drama you won't get in because it's just for the waiting list but go along it's good practice so i drove up to london i went through the day at the central school of speech and drama and i was still there at the end of the day and i was called in to see george hall who was then principal who said to me well james he said um Course starts in three days. Wow. Can you move to London in three days? You're in. Fantastic. And you did. And I did. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you about your first voiceover job and where it started, but you've already told me. The, the carry-on. Doing the trailers well, I mean, the carry-on you, you, you can't beat that as a first In the voiceover. 60s. Fantas absolutely fantastic. Boy, oh boy. And yeah. it was a particular delivery, you know. Yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I, learned, I learned it at the feet of masters. But I didn't, get a, I, I, I didn't have a voiceover agent Oh, I would think probably not until the 80s, yeah. when a friend of mine who'd made commercials said, really, James, you should have a voiceover agent. I said, well, I don't. Nobody wants to take me on. 
he said, well, look, I can get you a voiceover agent because I'm going to give you this series of uh, advertisements to do. And that's how we'll start you off. And mm. it worked. Yeah. And I was in. Yeah, because it was very different back in those days, wasn't it? It was often considered as a little kind of extra thing that actors did if they had a bit of spare time, whereas it's well, now such so, a full-time industry. You're absolutely right, David. And so many aspects of, of the entertainment industry were, when I first started, were not considered. When, you first, when I first became a client at ICM, you did not do commercials. Absolutely. They were forbidden. Yeah. In fact, television was forbidden. You weren't allowed to do television. You were only yeah. allowed to do theatre and film. Yeah. To have a proper kind to of have a career proper that, classical career, yeah, and yeah. and ICM, you know, represented all the leading actors at the time. My first TV, uh, proper TV at ICM was I Claudius, which right. was considered proper uh, quality. Yeah. So so the skill, I mean, you you obviously so learned the skill of it of of going along as you worked with for voice. I mean, it's not something that all actors are particularly necessarily good at. It's I a, would agree. Yeah. It's so, something you have to learn and you have to have a facility for. And you have to work hard at it like, like anything else. Like in anything this, else. In, in to, 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 to develop the right timbre and to, and to develop your uh, uh, mic techniques. Let's hope I'm not screwing it up now on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Muscularity within the voice is not uh, taught so intensively now as it used to be. Absolutely. My sort of accent, which is classic RP, mm, yeah. is is largely ignored now, mm. you know, and that and regional accents have become much more normal, that, and that's fine. But it's the inner muscularity that is not taught quite as rigorously mm. as it was in my day, when we would, you know, the first year we had to wear a bone prop in every voice lesson so for a, a part what, of the lesson. What is a bone prop? For a bone prop listeners? is something that fixes the jaw at an angle. You, it, it, it props, it, it's a prop you wear between the upper and lower teeth. And so the, so the mouth is fixed Keeps and that helps develop yeah. all the minor muscles within the mask of the face. Mm. So th this is something that from those days, it was a theatre-based course. Everything was about production of the voice and be able to do eight shows a week and you using had your to, voice Exactly so, properly. David. Yeah. You had to be yeah. able to hit the back row with yeah. no effort for eight shows a week. Yeah. And because the difference and in the... not cry off because you were getting Absolutely. tired. Absolutely. Unheard of. Never off. Never Unheard off. Unheard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And if you were sick, then Dr. Grease Paint would yes. get you through. Absolutely. But the technique of, as you were talking about, using the mic is so different to that, mm. um, which is what a lot well, of... Well, the theatres weren't mic'd in those days. That's right, yeah. It had to be natural they projection. Never you know. dreamt so, of having So mic. voice was, was to do with your breathing and the amount of reserve that you could carry in the ribs and, Rib the, throat reserve, all yes. was, and the throat always open yeah. and then the muscularity on top. So there are a lot of misconceptions out there about voice actors, that is kind of something anyone can do and it's it's a very simple thing and you just get paid loads of money for doing very little. So have you, ever, have you come across Sometimes that? Sometimes you get paid very little for doing loads of work. Yes, which most people don't know. <laughs> An audio book, for example. Is, an, is, is incredibly is hard work incredibly because you hard. are expected to do 100 pages a day out loud, eight hours a day. Yeah. And the voice is a muscle like any other. Yeah. And it is very, very tiring. And when tired. I do a book, I reel out of the studio. Mm. And the focus when you're in done the studio. A bit. Yeah, well, there's a lot of preparation. You? And the focus in the studio is so high. It's very intense. It's but just I mean, luckily, you. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, you can get lucky. You have a really, really good producer that knows their stuff and will pick you up on the tiniest thing. Yeah. And uh, and some books are, are much easier than others. Len Dayton's Bomber was originally done uh, for the radio with a cast of 42. I read the book on my own. All the characters. With all the characters. Yeah. 
yeah. and you have to keep yes, six bombers in the air yeah. and the base and the night fighters and the ACAC teams and all the and all the civilians on the on the ground. So How many German accents can you come exactly. up with? Exactly. Not mean, easy. So it's that versatility is really important. Very, so, very important. And people listening have to know which and characters are speaking. Exactly you know, right. And although you still need to hear the voice of the narrator somewhere through, it's a particular skill of keeping the voice of the narrator there and still adding the characters so that each scene will live. Yes. Favourite jobs in terms of voiceover? Can anything, does anything spring to mind? What's your favourite? Well, I'm asked to do at the moment uh, quite a lot of video games. Yeah, and quite I ha- new to which to is a whole new, a whole new area, and a massive you know. part of the industry. It now. is, and uh, yeah. I'm told that the biggest game in the world is League of Legends, and I'm the voice of Swain in that. And I've also just recorded for DreamWorks um, a new animation series called Wizards. Well, that was kind of fun to do. Oh, okay. you, you know, you work over the net directly with Los Angeles who direct you in this thing. So to prepare for that, you would have the script up front and you would work on your character before the recording? Or Yes, but of yeah. course that can change. I mean, you've got to be light on your feet. Yeah, you've got to be, di- be able to take direction. You have to be able notes. to take direction, yeah. take notes, and it come back instantly and with quickly. a response and quickly yeah. and sometimes with a new character. Oh, just do this for us, would you, James? You know, yeah. And suddenly you're a, you're a hamster yeah. dressed as a detective. Yes, so versatility is well, still important in the industry. Everything it, yeah. aids versatility. The more you do, the better you get at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just before we go, thanks so much for talking to us. Oh, it's Fascinating. Your career is still going from strength to strength. I'm still busy. Yeah, still busy. To my surprise and amazing. 50 years on. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, as my agent tells me, he said, well, James, he said, you've only got five more people to kill and the field is yours. <laughs> That's it. If you can hang on long hang enough, hang on long enough, competition baby. it'll for, come your way. <laughs> so um, I've got a few, just five quick fire questions, yeah. just to throw at you. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog person. Dog. There we are. Very much a dog person. Okay. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, vanilla. You're a vanilla man. I'm pretty. Well, I'm not a vanilla man. No, I, I'd rather not in any way. Yes, absolutely <laughs> not. But but vanilla. There's always vanilla in the freezer because you can always knock up a quick fagato, you know, with a vanilla yeah, and cool, pour beautiful. pour an espresso over the top. Beautiful. It's instant dessert. Takes seconds. Even yes. I can manage that. Yeah, the classic. Yeah. Now, tricky one. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie of all time. Well, that is a tricky one. There are so many great movies. Yeah. I'm particularly fond of, of Les Enfants du Paradis. Right. Because I was in the uh, RSC production of that when it was at first done on, in the theatre, directed um, by uh, Simon Callow. Uh, now, last time you went to the theatre, what did you see? It's been some time since I went to the theatre, I will admit to this, and I feel rather guilty about it because I travel all the time. Yeah. In some years, literally, I live out of a suitcase. The last thing I went to see that, uh, I, that I can remember was... Um, the London production of the recent London production of Guys and Dolls, but I went to see it because Samantha Spiro was in it, who's a wonderful actress and plays yeah. my wife, Lady Tarly, in ah, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Poor woman is married to the ghastly Randall Tarly, a man with no sense of humour whatsoever. And finally, your favourite place in London. My favourite place in London. Yeah. What springs to mind? Oh, well, Regent's Park. That'll do nicely. I live and not too far away. I live on the just on the edge of Regent's Park. I love Regent's Park. It's fantastic. What a privilege to be able to walk into town to do a voiceover, forty minutes through Regent's Park, get a cup of coffee on the way. You know, listen to the lions as you go. Yeah, I love Regent's Park, and it's even got a theatre. 
Well, thanks, James. Absolutely fantastic. Um, David, what a pleasure talking to you. It's been great. Thanks a lot. And next week we'll be talking about ADR. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's automated dialogue replacement. It's basically dubbing work. It's in virtually everything you ever see on TV or film. There's a lot of uh, post-production goes on. And if you're interested in finding out any more about Voice Squad, you can always listen to any of our artists at the website, which is voicesquad.com. And do check us out, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you've enjoyed this, please rate it on your podcast site that you listen to it from and subscribe. Squadcast is a Voice Squad limited production. It's hosted by me, David John, devised by Neil Comrich, and produced and edited by Emma Samuel. So any questions you have about it, please contact us at voices at voicesquad.com.